FBI Richmond, WTPS Petersburg. This is SportsCenter. Hello there, I'm Mark Robbins. We've got NBA basketball coming up tonight here on ESPN Radio and ABC Television. It'll be Brooklyn hosting Dallas, 8 p.m. for our coverage, but it won't feature Kevin Durant playing. No, Durant continues to be on the mend with that pesky hamstring injury. The Nets say he'll be reevaluated after the All-Star break. So Nets head coach Steve Nash must adapt and find another car. Well, it sucks to not have Kevin. Uh, anytime you have the uh, you know the Lamborghini in the garage, it, it's it's meant to be on the road. On the court Friday, Miami over Utah. Jimmy uh, Butler leading the way with 33 points, seventh loss of the season for the Jazz, 124-116 the final. And Mr. Butler in Miami might be the role model for this Jazz team, says Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune. Jimmy Butler dragged the Miami Heat to the finals last year. Right. You know, obviously, kind of the 0304 Pistons are a comparison. Uh, and, and even that 2014 Spurs team, even though it had Tim Duncan, which, who was, you know, one of the top 10 players of all time, uh, you know, I don't know that Tim was at his peak then. And, and so, it, again, was kind of another model for this a team first style of play. That's Sandy Larson on Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. College basketball Friday, number 21, Loyola in Chicago. Beat Southern Illinois 60-52, and we've got college basketball coming up this afternoon here on ESPN Radio. We'll go to action from the ACC as number 11 Florida State will be on the road at North Carolina, 3.30 p.m. Eastern for the beginning of our coverage. Coming up Monday, we'll tell you where LeBron stands in the MVP race as James Harden continues to close the gap in a massive weekend for the Lakers and the Nets. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. It's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. What do you say now? Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us on Off to the Races. As we do a little salsa, a little mambo, maybe a a little cha-cha, maybe the rumba here with uh, the uh, opening here on Off to the Races. The music of Miami taking us into this February 27th edition of Off to the Races and a big day in Miami. Nine stakes races at Gulfstream Park, including the Fountain of Youth Stakes, a major three-year-old Kentucky Derby prep race, part of a 14-race slate at Gulfstream Park. Today on Off to the Races, We'll talk to Daryl Wood. There's been plenty of movement. It just keeps moving in Virginia in terms of the progress on casinos and uh, Rosie's openings and the stake schedule uh, at Colonial Downs. We'll have Kendrick Carmooch, uh, leading rider up in New York at Aqueduct. He had a nice win yesterday, yesterday that we'll talk a little bit about. He will be riding in that Fountain of Youth Stakes a little bit later, the 14th race, the finale on that Gulfstream Park card. We'll also have Frank Vespi, who will interview Alicia Hughes of the NTRA. And, of course, Derby Bill has had a very good week. Uh, we've got to load up his segment, and he's doing his homework now, putting the final preparations on – 
his picks in the anchor leg portion of the show. You heard there in the opening, Quality Road winning the Fountain of Youth Stakes. That was a very nice Virginia bred, bred by and owned by Edward P. Evans, um, who was just a giant in Virginia breeding. And Edward P. Evans, the disappointment with Quality Road is that we did not get to see him in the Derby. He loved Florida. He won the Fountain of Youth. He went on from there to win the Florida Derby. Won the Don Handicap, earned over $2.2 million. But unfortunately, the week of the Derby, that was Mind That Birds Derby in 2009, uh, he was a scratch when he developed a quarter crack um, and after a workout, a little tenderness in his foot. So he, he missed some training, and they, I think it was Jimmy Jerkins was a trainer, decided not to race him in the uh in the kentucky derby and uh went out to kentucky and saw that incredible race by mind that bird anyway but uh yeah that was quality road and uh, uh certainly a, a sensational virginia bread perhaps maybe the best virginia bread uh since uh, i don't know if there's been one finer uh than quality road since but um want to pick up the derby trail here as we uh, actually had a kentucky derby prep race last night at turfway park it was the fifth race on that turfway park card uh, just outside of cincinnati uh, northern kentucky there and the big favorite in the race was gretzky the great Uh, this horse went off at even money the one horse breaking from the rail at Turfway Park and a couple of challengers in this race as well. It's a kind of a rare uh, Friday night Kentucky Derby prep race. They were going a mile and a 16th on the uh, synthetic, the all-weather track there at Turfway Park. $100,000 in purse money and track announcer Jim McNeely has the call of the Pataglia. Gretzky the Great off the turn by a lake. Up the outside, here's Like the King. Three wide. Hush of a storm is coming at him and coming on. Many chances as they're in the final furlong in the Bataglia. Three across the course. Hush of a storm in the middle. Like the King. Gretzky the Great being put to a test. Meanwhile, hard ride guy tried to sneak through, but that hole got tightened. Hush of a storm sweeping up and hush at the storm. Hush of a storm was best in the Bataglia. He stops the timer in 144 flat. You know, I got so caught up in the University of Richmond Spider basketball game last night that I whiffed on actually seeing this race, although I had bet it earlier in the day. And I had Hush of a Storm. Congratulations to me with a uh, six to one horse there, Hush of a Storm, paying 15 20 and earning 10 points in the Kentucky Derby standings. Gretzky, the great, if he could have hung on for second would have given me the exacta but like the king slipped in there to break up the exacta there for me but hush of a storm with santiago gonzalez um, gets the win in the pataglia we'll have to see where he may go go next Uh, this is a horse by creative cause only his fourth start and um his third win in a row, though. I was kind of surprised that he slipped up to that price, but he loved Turfway, and he's undefeated at Turfway, three for three now. So uh, a horse that is, if the Kentucky Derby raced today, he would be in the field. Uh, so um, Kentucky Derby is uh, on our minds here as we uh, move into from February to March, and we're going to march to Daryl Wood here, who now joins us uh opening coming out of the gate on off to the races and uh daryl has been doing a little bit of traveling finally the the weather has has lightened up enough that he can go out on some of these farms here in virginia and of course there's there's so much news let's get right to it with daryl good morning good morning nick and uh you know you mentioned the derby trail (laughs) cody photography is is a well-known uh, photographer of tracks around the country, including at Colonial Downs. But last Sunday, uh, Kevin Cody sent me a whole bunch of pictures of snow-covered Churchill Downs. Uh, and here we're talking nine weeks from now, it's, it's Derby Day, so it's just amazing how quickly <laughs> that we're into this thing. With, and like you mentioned, major prep races today. Yeah, it's actually snow-covered uh, here in Charlottesville, uh, just north of Charlottesville from the Piney Mountain Studio, uh, where we got a little bit of wet snow last <laughs> night. Uh, so, uh, wow. yeah, it, I like the white stuff, but, geez, I'm, I'm tired of seeing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's move on to spring. And, and you had a chance to travel around the Commonwealth 
this week. Uh, I saw a couple of the uh, the foals that you were taking pictures of. Um, tell us about your journeys this week. Yeah, really quickly. There's a there's a program that called the the Virginia Certified Residency Program, and it's geared to bring horses that are bred from out of state and to be raised in Virginia for a minimum of six consecutive months. So. The neat thing about my travels the last couple days is just to see firsthand um, of these six, seven, eight hundred horses now that annually are raised in Virginia, just the impact it's having at some of the farms around here. Eagle Point Farm, for instance, in Ashland, they've got 103 racehorses based at their property. They've got a training track, and uh, chaos is probably the best, organized chaos, probably the best word to describe that. They've got so many horses, they've rented out space at nearby Cree Run Farm in Doswell. And they've got 17 horses based there as well. So just to be able to see the impact uh, this program of, of all these horses coming into Virginia and seeing the economic drivers and the upgrades that these um, farm owners are able to make in their facilities for the long haul. So a very exciting program. And Debbie Easter started this probably four or five years ago. But literally seven, 800 horses per year now are raised in Virginia. So really neat program. Yeah, a couple of thoughts there. Debbie Easter has Finite. Uh, she's a part owner of that horse who has to go up against Monomoy Girl tomorrow. Unfortunately, the weather's not going to apparently work out at Oaklawn. You talk about storm clouds. Uh, going to brilliant weather in Miami today. Up to seventy to upper seventies today. Partly cloudy. It's going to be a great day. Lots of long racing on the turf. What we love to see at Colonial Downs, but at Oaklawn where they run the Southwest Stakes, they've had to reschedule that race several times. They're finally going to run it today and of course they get storm clouds there it's going to be there tomorrow but she's part owner of finite who was actually on that that kentucky oaks trail uh until had a little ankle issue popped up but she's uh going for a win after winning uh the chaluki at churchill downs but uh, and then of course karen dennehy godsey uh had what to beep one of the good moments that we had during the meet at colonial downs uh last year um so it's good to see that uh, the reinvestment in Virginia racing is, is part of the program. We talked about Colonial Downs. The stake schedule is under formation. Perhaps it's finalized. Uh, maybe give us an update on the stake slate. Well, you've got the final schedule. It's just not, not up on the website yet, but it will be uh, probably on Monday. So the good news is Colonial Downs starts racing uh, July 19th, seven-week season going through September 1st. Uh, racing every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, most of the stakes races in the early to middle part of the meet are going to be on Mondays, so uh, a series of $100,000 stakes, and it leads up to the final week when Virginia Derby night uh, is going to be on Tuesday, August 31st, uh, the Derby itself plus four other stakes that night, and closing night, the next night, September 1st on a Wednesday, five Virginia bread stakes for 100000 apiece, so really encouraging to see the the purse levels for the stakes back up to $100,000. Great to see that the purse distribution per day is going to be $500,000. And uh, that shows that, um, you know, everyone's kind of survived the COVID pandemic for the last year okay. The Rosie sites have been able to uh, be open, granted, with limited crowds, but it's generated the purse money to offer half a million dollars a day purses over seven weeks. So very encouraging signs. There's been a lot of movement uh, this week. Dumfries is now open, successfully working. Uh, now Emporia, where we uh, you know once had uh, off-track betting, uh, you know back in the day, is is now back on the calendar as a possible uh, Rosie's site. And of course, the uh, casino uh, interest in Richmond making big news this week. What's what's the update there? Yeah, I mean it just it was one hit after another. It was. Uh pretty incredible started with Dumfries like you mentioned uh, they've got a 150 uh, machine facility open in, in Dumfries right now uh, right by the Quantico exit off on 95 but uh, they, uh, the Colonial folks announced plans for a, an 1800 machine facility complete with a hotel and a, and a small concert venue and, a, and an 80 acre park and that they're hoping to open in 2023 that was followed with the news that they're partnering with Urban One uh, in a potential, one of the six potential casinos coming to Richmond. And then I believe it was Thursday, they announced another 150 machine site in Dumfries, or not Dumfries, but in Emporia. So all this is good news, and uh, it's only going to be an increased purses and hopefully more racing days uh, very quickly here in Virginia so we can enjoy this uh, this great sport more often. 
that'd be that'd be great to see. Well, Daryl, thanks for the update. A lot of news and a little bit of time, but we look forward to bringing you back next week uh, and and trying to keep up with this pace. Uh, absolutely, Nick. But uh, yeah, happy uh, happy Fountain of Youth Day, and we'll look forward to Derby's uh, picture soon. Great, Daryl Wood joining us um, from. Um, from Richmond uh, here on Off to the Races this morning. Uh, we have Kendrick Carmouche coming up just around the corner here on Off to the Races, but uh, kind of a fascinating uh, story from uh, from yesterday. It's one of these stories in racing that is, is you know, they, it just kind of happens in racing. Um, it was out last night um, with my wife, Sarah. We're having dinner uh, in downtown Charlottesville, and they're showing uh, TVG, and, and the aqueduct races were being shown. So um, just kind of looked up at the TV set, and I saw the post parade. No program, no PPs, just basically started looking at horses and I sent out a quick text to Derby Bill I said I'm, give me a horse, just give me one horse no exactos, no exotics, just give me one horse to bet and I didn't hear from him right away so I'm still looking at the horses, I was like let's let's see if your horse eye is focused, and so I, I was between uh, the number four horse, which is a horse by the name of English Breeze, and uh, the number six horse by the name of Bank Sting, and I'm sitting there looking at it, and I happened to see who I talked to earlier in the week, uh, Kendrick Carmooch, about um, coming on to the show. So I um, immediately jumped on the six, looked down at my phone. Derby Bill gave me the six, and I'm calling Express Bet, trying to get that wager in because I can't do it. I, I can do it, but I just have a hard time reading my phone on the road. So usually, you know, put the wager in. You can do it, of course, in Virginia. It's legal. Express Bet, uh, Twin Spires, um, the, the four or five different outlets uh, that allow uh, account wagering in Virginia. And so I, I was just going to, you know, put a small win bet down. And I got shut out. And, of course, you know what happened next in the seventh race at Aqueduct with the uh, race call here by Travis Stone. Mabel Island to the neck of Ellarella. Bank Sting produced three wide. These three through 111 and four. Ellarella and Mabel Island. Bank Sting. Okay, honey, I'm fine from the clouds is flying down the center of the track. Bank Sting just took the lead away from Ellarella. I'm fine bearing down, but Bank Sting and Kendrick Carmouche have scooted away from Ellarella. It's Bank Sting by four. So when I rejoined Derby Bill on the text trail, he was uh, gloating about an $18.40 winner uh, that he developed with uh, with Banksting, and of course I got shut out, and it was my idea to bet the race. It happens sometimes in racing, but thank God the uh, Bataglia made me feel a lot better about uh, that circumstance. But speaking of Kendrick Carmouche, we uh, have him now on Off to the Races, and he will be, uh, he's now traveled from New York down to South Florida. I'm sure he's pretty happy about his surroundings uh, in South Florida versus being up in New York today. And he joins us now on Off to the Races. Uh, Good morning, Kendrick, and thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Oh, good morning. How y'all doing? Same. I appreciate it. Uh, we're doing great. We're glad that you took some time to join us on Off to the Races. You're going to be on number four, Fire at Will, who uh, is 7-2 to in the morning line, the second choice in the early uh, line at, at Gulfstream Park today, coming off the turf. Um we want to talk to you a little bit about your background and and just your career in racing, but we want to take a quick, you know, a decent look here at the Fountain of Youth Stakes. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, Fire at Will coming off the turf and taking his chances on the dirt today? Well, I, I, I know that Mike Maker been training his horse very good lately and, and have good works underneath him. I'm sure um, him and Jordan, Mr. Jordan and uh, Kirk Wyckoff got together and, you know, thought that this would be the right spot for him. And, you know, uh, I'm just here, just just very pleased that, that they gave me the offer to, to come to um, South Florida and, and ride this um, horse again and, you know, I'm just thrilled. I, I really think 
you know, it's a it's a good race, but um, a fresh horse off the bench, I love it. You've ridden this horse and delivered a winner in the Pilgrim Stakes uh, on the turf last fall. Uh, this was um, back in October. Um, you know, what what do you see kind of as the, um, you know, the, now coming on to the dirt? You know, what, what's your, you know, what adjustments do you have to make? Um, you know, probably a change of strategy from, from last fall to today. Well, you know, he's a good horse, so, you know, good horses put you in good position. You just got to warm him up good and, and um, see what Mike Maker and um, Mr. Kirk want to do. If they leave it in my hands, I, I, I feel like, you know, fresh horse, you don't want to give him too much to do or don't don't overdo it. And, you know, hopefully he puts me in the race early going into the first turn and we go from there. You have some other mounts today. Uh, you pick up the uh, the card in the eighth race in the Canadian Turf, uh, the Honey Fox, the Devona Dale as well. Um, what do you hope to take off of, especially the Devona Dale, which is on the dirt? Um, not that you're a stranger to racing in, in in Florida before, but you know, what do you hope to maybe pick up with uh, with Lady Traveler that might help you in the race two two races afterwards? I mean, just, you know, I, I, I've been here before, like you just said. I just, you know, you, you, you got to adjust and you got to see what's working for the racetrack that day, see where the speed going and see see where they're running from and, and go from there. I think, you know, a ride over the track always helps and get get, get your feet underneath you so, so when the time comes, you be ready. We're talking with Kendrick Carmouche on Off to the Races this morning. I'm Nick Hahn. And... I want to talk a little bit about your career, which has really taken off here in the last year. I mean, you talk about patience, uh, being in in this line of work, riding horses, um, largely injury-free. You did have a setback, I think, a a couple of years ago uh, after an incident at Kentucky Downs. But um, as it has turned out, I mean, it's here in the last year or so, your career has really blossomed. Uh, you know, tell us about the patience that you've had to have in terms of developing your skill and becoming the leading rider in New York as we currently speak. Well, um, just just having patience in, in, in this game is, 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 is a big thing or in any sport because, you know, you you self-employed. You gotta you gotta you gotta hone in on your skill as good as you can to make you just as good as every other jockey that's 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 in the in the, in in the top. So you know, being at parks, I, I I love Philadelphia Park. I made leading jockey there seven years. I, you know, it was it was getting to the point where it was too easy for me. So I wanted to make a bigger step, and I thought New York would be the next step and you know, in the last couple of years, I got, you know, two years ago, I got hurt. And, you know, I come back six months off the layoff and started riding back in March of um, 2019. I mean, it was from there, I, I you know, it's just been going the way slow and steady, but it didn't picked up and a lot of trainers and owners. I'm very pleased with how they bought the, gave me the opportunity to bring my talent to the table. Uh, who are some of the jockeys that perhaps have have helped you that you know maybe mentored you uh, you know your backgrounds in Louisiana uh, but it's it's probably been a little while since you raced there you know who were who were some of the people that maybe you looked up to 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 help you you know hone your craft so to speak well i got to say first and foremost my dad my dad you know he was he, he is my biggest inspiration you know I followed him all the time and you know he never he never really taught me what to do he just told me just pay attention and just um, watch what's going on and it should come to you easier than than you know wanting to learn it I said okay and we went from there but you know as I move on the east coast I rode with a lot of good jockeys. I rode with a lot of good jockeys in Philly Park, Laurel, and those places. But um, one of my favorites was um, that 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 I took stuff from was Mark Johnson and um, Sue Elliott. 
How about that? Mark Johnston, who, the jockey that first rode at, uh, at Colonial, he won, delivered the first winner at Colonial Downs. Colonial Downs is, is a, I, I did a little bit of research uh, preparing for this, and I was kind of surprised that you hadn't, because I remember you racing at Colonial Downs. I remember seeing you yeah, in the program. Yeah, yeah. I remember you being there. Mark Johnston won the first race at Colonial Downs. I was surprised that you hadn't raced in a Virginia Derby, at the, even though you know Colonial Downs was dark for about six years or so. Um, mm-hmm. But but tell us a little bit maybe about your experience, your remembrances of racing, uh, you know, in our state at, at Colonial Downs. Oh, I love Colonial Downs. I'm really good friends with um, Mr. David Ross, which um, I think he's associated with um, Virginia uh, over there. And, you know, I I love it there. Wonderful turf course, wonderful dirt course. I mean, it's just, it's a pleasure to ride over good grass and and have the horse to do it. You know, you really have to have the horse to to win the races. And, you know, and, and it's, it's very southern for me because I'm from Louisiana, so I kind of like just you know it makes me feel like if I'm back on back home at Evangeline Downs or Delta Downs to me, you know, it's out. It's not in the city; it's in the country. I love it. Yeah, uh, that's funny you mentioned David Ross. Uh, he was our guest on Off to the Races last week, uh, you know, campaigning uh, extravagant kid. And he's the perennial leading owner, uh, and I, uh, you know, uh, at Colonial Downs. So, uh, uh, very successful uh, owner in horse racing. And, of course, he, he has shown some patience in his career as well. Um, well, good luck today uh, racing at Gulfstream Park. You have four mounts assigned. Assigned uh, to you today, um, and uh, we certainly wish you good luck moving forward. Who who might you be watching in this race in the Fountain of Youth? Uh, obviously, uh, you're you're going to be paying attention to the the favorite in the field here, um, a horse by the name of Greatest Honor, who is going to be looking for her uh, his third straight win, and and you know pretty worthy favorite. But um, you know who 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 else might you you know kind of be watching in 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 your strategy? Well, you know this this is the thing. I you know I'm not like mo- you know I don't know if I'm like most riders or I'm not like most riders. But you know when I go into the race. I'm going to stick to my plan. I'm not worried about the other horses. I just need to do what I think is best to win the race. And you do know that they're going to have horses that's closing, but you do know the horses that's in, that's around you. And if it goes the way you, you, you see it and you got the horse underneath you, you don't worry about the horse that's coming behind you because you, 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 you just feel like you got he's going to run that, that much better the last quarter of a mile. They won't catch him. Well, there you go. We'll be we'll be watching, and good luck today with Fire at Will taking his shot of, at Derby points and taking a shot at the winner's circle today in the Fountain of Youth. Kendrick, we appreciate you uh, joining us on Off to the Races this morning. Yeah, thank you all very much. I appreciate it, and God bless. Kendrick Carmooch, how about that? Uh, moving into the big time after uh, you know paying his dues in the uh, lower and mid levels of racing, uh, here he is on racing's big stage today at Gulfstream Park. We're going to go to break here on Off to the Races. When we come back, uh, we'll join up with Frank Vespi, who will have a conversation with Alicia Hughes of the NTRA, and of course Derby Build around the corner just after that. You're listening to Off to the Races. diagnosed with prostate cancer. The Prostate Cancer Educational Institute of Virginia wants to help. These guys hope you'll join them in their monthly meetings, where men openly discuss their concerns with others who have already been through it. The next virtual meeting is March 3rd at 6.30 p.m. To be added to the guest list, contact Burt Jones at burtjones70 at yahoo.com. That's burtjones70 at yahoo.com. For more info, call 922-7193 or prostate.club. 
Did you know that men over 30 begin to lose 1% of their testosterone each year? ED is just one of the problems associated with low testosterone. There's also weight gain, decrease in muscle mass, lack of energy or passion about life, and a loss of mental sharpness. Testosterone isn't just about sex. It's also about your overall quality of life. So if you have any of these symptoms, you may be a candidate for testosterone replacement therapy. The Men's Wellness Centers specializes in the latest treatment options for low T, a highly successful weight loss and energy boosting program, and ED treatments with guaranteed results. We take every precaution to protect our patients against exposure to COVID-19, and we remain open to serve you with locations in Newport News, Virginia Beach, or Richmond. Go to menswellnesscenters.com or call them at 804-413-9013. 804-413-9013. That's 804-413-9013. You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code WXGI to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's code WXGI for new customers. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Virginia only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings pay out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500. You know why women love Diamonds Direct? Because they can always get a ring they're proud to wear. I was able to get everything. The most perfect diamond I could ever want. It's just my dream ring that I thought I would never be able to afford. You cannot beat the value that Diamonds Direct gives you. It kind of took my breath away when I did see how big that diamond was. You have to put your sunglasses on to look at this. It's just gorgeous. We're amazed at the quality we got for the price. But way beyond the ring, women love the Diamonds Direct experience. It's personal, it's caring, it's authentic, and it's fun. It's people that are pretty much family Honestly, at this point, I'm not even joking. It sounds like an exaggeration, but they're so warm and welcoming. And they were so nice and so down to earth. And we just felt like family. Very laid back. Not one time did we feel like we were being pressured. Not one time did we feel like we were being asked to extend a budget we did not have. Just make you feel so at home and you just feel comfortable shopping. It's just a great place to shop. I mean, I love it. Discover the difference for yourself. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Sure Pump, West Broad Village. Local Sports Talk is back in the afternoons. Colonial Downs Racetrack presents Border to Border with Matt Josephs. Weekdays at 3 on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Back live on Off to the Races. Brought to you by TheRacingBiz.com who... Launched a panel discussion this week entitled Truth to Power in conjunction with the NTRA. Uh, you can find the, um, the the program on theracingbiz.com. But uh, Frank Vespi, of course, joins us on Off to the Races and uh, has an interview coming up with Alicia Hughes of the NTRA who participated on the panel. Good morning, Frank. Morning, Nick. Good to be with you today. We have uh, Alicia Hughes, and uh, it's interesting, we just had, of course, I didn't really bring this up with Kendrick Carmouche as being a minority rider, African-American, who uh, is breaking barriers down uh, in terms of his success on the racetrack, but um, going to 
turn over the reins here to you for this segment uh, coming up. Uh, something that looks to increase diversity in horse racing, a, a, a sport where you can participate on so many different levels. Uh, Frank, we look forward to, to this upcoming interview. Take it away. All right. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, the, uh, the Truth to Power panel series, we kicked it off Wednesday evening. As Nick said, you can you can find the uh, the video of the first panel on theracingbiz.com. You can also find it on our Facebook page at The Racing Biz and also at the NTRA's Twitter account. It's a series that came together that I organized along with Alicia Hughes, who's our next guest, and also freelance journalist and teacher, uh, Teresa Gennaro. And, and the idea is really to start a conversation in racing about diversity and inclusion and the future of the thoroughbred industry. And uh, Alicia, let, let me uh, ask you this. Thank you. First off, thanks for joining us this morning. The other day when you and I were talking, you said you love horse racing, but you find the thoroughbred industry itself harder to love. What did you mean by that? Um, I mean, God, it's such a it's it's such a simple yet complicated thing to answer. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I've been a fan of this sport since I was five years old. When you know, when my when my parents took me to the racetrack, you know, to Belmont Park, and apparently, supposedly, I I picked my first w- winner. Um, I said I grew up going going to, to, to the track with my father and everything. Grew up riding horses on and off. I like nobody stays in this industry for as long as people like us are in it without loving it. Have you know? And there are so many wonderful aspects of it. You know, in many ways, it's it's one of the greatest sports in the world. You know, with these equine athletes and, the, and you know, and there's a certain purity to them because they're not running for a new contract or free agency or anything like that. They're running because this is what they're bred to do. Having said that, a lot of the aspects of the industry itself, particularly when it comes to diversity and inclusion, have quite frankly made it very hard to stomach, especially in light of everything we've seen over this past year with this kind of really, you know, nationwide, you know, you know, awareness, so to speak, that we're had that, you know, this kind of that has come about as a result of the deaths of, you know, Ahmad Aubrey, Ahmad Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. There's a reckoning that has taken place, and we've seen it really kind of gain momentum across the nation and businesses and across so many other sports, mainstream and otherwise. Racing has been very, very slow to even, A, acknowledge that the issue is even out there, never mind take any tangible action to actually address it. And as somebody who has who has to work in this industry, and especially in my current position, before, you know, I've been primarily a journalist. As a journalist, you can question and challenge things. Now, in the position of having to really promote the industry, it's a, it's, personally, it can be challenging because you love the sport, but trying to promote an industry that is also making it clear it doesn't value people who look like you. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. We had, uh, we had, as Nick cited, we had Kendrick Carmouche on earlier, and Kendrick actually had, uh, recorded a video that he that he uploaded uh after the george floyd protests had begun which is a really sort of emotional um you know sort of cry from the heart of somebody who was hurting inside at that time and and i'm curious how does can you give us a specific or two as to how you know you said the industry kind of makes clear it's not so the isn't interested in the involvement of people like you can you can you give us an example or two of like how that has um how you've experienced that i think first of all the fact that again as you know we saw it this summer with so many businesses i mean i'm sure you got it i got an email from every single business i had ever bought anything from like ll bean where i bought uh, some shoes from five years ago i'm getting i'm getting statements in my inbox you know of you know we stand for black lives matter we denounce systemic racism everybody was sending out statements and yeah a lot of it was performative let's get that off the table right there the fact that a so few racing organizations even put out a statement you know and it was kind of a bit of a battle to even get that to sort of happen and they were very slow to even embrace it and do it. And even then, there still seemed to be some hesitancy with even saying the words systemic racism. You know, they wanted, and then, but once it, but again, 
even beyond the statement that I look at, okay, what are you doing? What are you, you know, are you, are you taking any action to, you know, as far as specific targets with regards to hiring, with promoting, with partnering with black individuals and businesses, how are you kind of showing your, your support? Again, you can look at all these other mainstream sports. You look this summer, you could turn on an NBA game. You could turn on a hockey game. You could turn on a tennis match. You could turn on every and see, you know, we skate for black lives, black lives matter. You can see them, you know, again, openly showing their support for this, for this issue. Even NASCAR, like I said, they openly showed their, 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 their support for it. And like I said, they are now reaping the benefits of it with some very amazing, you know, new participants in that sport, like a Michael Jordan, like a pit bull racing. There is times where I said, I'm, um, you know, you didn't see any of that in our sport. You didn't see a whole lot of, I don't know, of any real policy changes or anything like that. There has been a few things. There's been some scholarships that have been put in place. That's good. There's been some contributions. That's all an opening step. But I, but I still feel like they haven't really grasped how much work they, they that they really need to do. If you want to compare and again contrast it to other mainstream sports, which racing says it wants to be viewed as, as a mainstream sport, people can go on the um, the Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sports, the Tides Institute, which does report cards for a lot of major sports, grading them on the issue of racial and, and gender. If you go on their website and you pull up. The, the, the report card for the NBA and the WNBA for the NBA, just their section on their diversity and inclusion initiatives is 20 pages. Same thing for the WNBA. 20 pages on just their diversity and initiative and inclusion initiative. Would racing be able to fill a page with their <laughs> diversity and, and inclusion initiative? And we are a sport that counts our age and centuries. We are not a new sport. This is not a new issue. This is not something that just came about yesterday. If it took some, if it took somebody seeing that officer kneel on George Floyd's neck to realize that there is systemic injustice in this country, I'm glad you're you're here. But I don't know that I can help you right now. If that's what it took for somebody to realize the issues going on, this is not new, and this is something this industry, our industry, could have addressed at any point of call. And it's you know over its lifespan. Like I said, they they. They could have addressed this during the civil rights movement. They could have addressed this during the Ferguson movement. They kind of, it feels like they kind of had to be dragged here now, and now they're still kind of just doing the bare minimum to to, to really kind of, you know, to, to really address it. Talking with Alicia Hughes, the director of NTRA Communications for the National Thoroughbred Racing Association about the Truth to Power panel series. And, Alicia, you, you kind of knew that there would be some pushback, and um, I want to share with you a comment we received and, and get your take on this. Uh, a commenter uh, communicated with us after calling the panel hate speech. The commenter added, I came away from this thinking that if I was a person of color, the last industry in the world that I would uh, want anything to do with is horse racing. As a person of color who has been in the industry now for a number of years, and as you say, is you know is a lifelong lover of, of racing, how do you respond to that? Um, holy fragility and tone policing, Batman. That's how I respond to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like again, let's make uh, let's make a couple things very clear. If somebody has a bigger problem with calling out racist or discriminatory behavior if they have a bigger problem with that behavior being called out than they do with actual racist and discriminatory behavior then that person is part of the problem let's make that clear um and also like how hurtful is it to have your pain minimized and by by somebody who again you know is because it may be they you know this is a person because you you share with me their full feedback this is a person who by their own admission said i've never worked a day in any capacity in this sport so you're admitting you've never worked a day in this sport and yet you're going to try to tell us how we should feel about our own experiences our own lived experiences our own perspective that we have to deal with and it's like and i'm like sir you've never been on on the backside you know just this year this past derby week this past year, I had I had three straight days of having to hear, you know, pretty, pretty dis- disgusting, discriminatory comments said, not directed at me, but said in, in front of me, for you know, just by by horsemen, 
by trainers, by some extremely well-known trainer, said right in front of me, I'm just there to get my quotes, do my story, and go home. I don't need to deal with that. I'm not there to deal with that. I just want to do my job and, and go on. We don't want to have to be so, subjected to that. So, like I said, the fact that, if, and again, if somebody... But it, the fact that that was his reaction, that again, that's hitting on a deeper problem. You know, there's, we have we have a problem in this country in general of people not want, not feeling empathy for certain people in their situations if it doesn't impact them directly, if they can't see it, if they don't have to deal with it. And I think you know that's not. I said that's not. That's just something in general that we're dealing with as a, a, a society. But to think that we as a sport are exempt from those kind of attitudes is very naive. Well, looks like we're going to leave it right there. This is great stuff. Alicia, thanks so much for joining us here on Off to the Races this morning. And uh, we're going to look forward to the next two panels. Next one scheduled for uh, March uh, 17 and then April 7, I believe, are, are the next two. Look forward to uh, both of those. And thanks for your time. Thank you so much for, for having me on. All right. Nick, that's, uh, that's Alicia Hughes. Pretty honest, pretty straightforward talk there by uh, by Alicia there. I remember last year when we first kind of dipped our toe in the water on this subject on this show, uh, talking to Barry Spears, uh, a Virginia Union basketball player who is very interested in the sport, participates in handicapping contests, and some of his experiences were... Um, were disturbing to to listen to so uh hopefully this series leads to uh some progress uh, in the industry so um very uh, grateful that you brought this up frank well well thanks nick thanks for uh including it i think it's uh, you know look i'm like everybody else i i, I just want to handicap i want to have fun and enjoy the sport but these are these are issues that are absolutely critical and it's important that that the industry wrestle with them and confront them and so I'm, I'm grateful to be working with Alicia on this project. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we'll we'll add its its addition uh, to, to the sport, which uh, which the sport needs. Frank, we appreciate it. You know who's up next. Uh, speaking of handicapping, and uh, got a little bit of work to do uh, with Derby Bill. That was Frank Vespi of the RacingBiz.com, proprietor of Off to the um, of um, the RacingBiz.com. But we're going to switch over here, do some handicapping with Derby Bill, who uh, not only had a good night last night, but had Mishrif in the uh, Saudi Cup. Uh, that's an issue there. Maybe even the to, to for future programs. Uh, I'm talking about uh, racing in in the Mid East. But uh, Mishrif was a big price winner um, last week. Forty one dollars. Derby Bill picked it right here on the show. Of those, I hope many of you listeners out there followed him to the window with that pick you would have been rewarded with a nice price and derby bill uh getting ready to join us on off to the races as uh we take a look i think he has a pick for so maybe you want to have some pen and paper ready um in terms of his selections in the pick four uh, the late pick four at gulfstream park today but um derby bill uh, thanks for joining us on Off to the Races today. Uh, the Fountain of Youth Stakes is a mile and a sixteenth. It is the big stop this weekend, and it's such as we mentioned earlier in the show with horses like quality road and pulpit won this race and orb went on to win the kentucky derby after winning this race back in 2013 uh just a very historic race at gulfstream park and um we have a nice field assembled here with uh oh i didn't number these i guess we have 10 going to the gate in the fountain of youth derby bill um what are your thoughts on let's start maybe right there with the uh, fountain of youth stakes where we have good weather uh today down in florida with temperatures being in the upper 70s uh what are your thoughts on the fountain of youth okay just two seconds nick for some meditation mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for my sheiky brothers in Saudi Arabia after last week. <laughs> I'm still counting the money and trying to transfer it from Arabian money to American money. 
I mean, how did that? How did that happen? That horse was six to one. I'm still looking at the uh, morning the PPs. I happened to pull it for this segment. Six to one in the morning line. Nobody was listening to you on that one. Goes off at twenty to one and pays some forty eight, forty one dollars and change. Um, nice hit there. Uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can find another one today. Um, you know. Do, Hopefully we'll find one. Uh, you know, we, a little bit of a roll here underway. Uh, this fountain of youth stakes, though, it, it, there's an opportunity here because there is a. I mean, there's no doubt the, the the choice in this race is greatest honor. I mean, greatest honor has won three stakes, three uh, two, uh, two straight races, has a win in the Holy Bull coming into this race, has Jose Ortiz aboard for Shug McGahee, the horse to beat, going to attract a lot of money. Um, you know, are you aboard this horse? Do you like uh, Kendrick Carmouche coming off the turf with fire at will? If you don't like either of them, those prices are going to be long on the rest of the field. Yeah, the Fountain of Youth is what everybody wants to visit and uh, drink from. And uh, in today, the Fountain of Youth is a quality, quality race here. Uh, Drain the Clock is my top pick. He's 5-1. to one. Uh, He's been beaten by the Joseph Safi. It's closest I could find to a chic name, Joseph Safi. <laughs> <laughs> Chestnut, he's the son of uh, McQueen's music coming up. Any one of the recent swale stakes down there. So you like a horse for the course. Greatest honors, uh, obviously going to go off at four to five. He's in the uh, Kentucky Derby top 12 of most people list, uh, including several that are running today, Essential Quality and uh, Spielberg and Jackie's Warrior and all these horses are running on a packed day. But I'm I'm gonna use all three in a back, and I'm using Kendrick coming coming out because of uh, fire at will. Just a wild card in this race. Uh, just off since the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Star, uh, they've been pointing this horse to him for a long time, and uh, hopefully Kendrick had a nice nap on the airplane uh, after his win yesterday at Aqueduct, and uh, can come through for uh, at seven to two. So you got a five to one, nine to five favorite, and a seven to two. If you're playing a pick four, it's races 11, 12, 13, and 14 at Gulfstream today. And uh, just very quality race for the uh, Fountain Beef. As you said before, though, Nick, uh, Quality Road won the Florida Derby. And there's a horse in here called Prime Factor that come out of Tony Braddock's Two Hearts Farm. And if you remember him, he was uh, he ran a breeding farm in northern Virginia, Middleburg, up there where I had to move out of because I didn't have, uh, you know, couldn't pay the real estate taxes in Middleburg, so I had to move. <laughs> but Tony yeah. Brackett's Two Hearts Farm has a prime factor in this race, so if you want a connection there to Virginia. Yeah, well, that's that. We'll go with that. I, I wasn't going to let that escape. Uh, Quality Road Sire's a uh, prime factor, and uh, and you had picked uh, Safi Joseph's uh, train, uh, drain the clock here at five to one. That's the one horse in this field. I I threw you a little bit of a curve. I know we were going to talk about the Southwest Stakes first, so maybe let's let's do court, a quick transition over to to Oaklawn, uh, the tenth race on the card at Oaklawn today, where. I mean, this South, you talk about storm clouds following this stakes race. They have rescheduled this stakes race several times, and it's kind of interesting. Last week, we played the race call of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, that featured essential quality and had Jackie's Warrior, uh, who was the favorite in that Breeders' Cup Juvenile. There are a lot of horses coming back off of that Breeders' Cup Juvenile race um, and making their first starts today. And, and, two of them here i mean there are other horses in the field it's kind of a short field uh spielberg is in this group for um you know baffert's going to take his shot at seven hundred fifty thousand, especially at oaklawn uh here with uh with spielberg but jackie's warrior with steve asmussen uh Mus- asmussen has uh safa's day also in this field but it's really it's hard to drift off these two horses essential quality jackie's warrior the only concern is that you really haven't seen them in a racing environment over the last four months or so um who's your choice in the uh in the southwest today which will uh, you know very likely will be run on the slop yeah 
Yeah, nice curveball there. I'm usually better with this. I only threw a screwball and a fastball, Nick, so curveballs gave me trouble. Uh, the Southwest is not a curveball, though. Essential quality, um, second leader in the Kentucky Derby points list, and then Jackie's Warrior is also has points towards the Kentucky Derby already. This is a Derby points race here. Spielberg here, for you movie buffs, is uh, the only one that could probably possibly uh, come through with any money value in this race at nine to two. If it's, if Essential Quality and Jackie's Warrior uh, duel like they did in the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile, then Spielberg might have a chance shipping in from the West Coast here uh, at nine to two. Uh, I'm gonna just watch the race, and as you said, it's been so muddy, and they've felt they've battled ice and cancelizations and uh, Oaklands. I'm gonna bypass them till the Rebel Stakes and see if they can drive the track out by then. So this one's all yours, Nick. Yeah, my takes. So. I, I actually, I, I'm going to give the nod to Jackie's Warrior, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be focused in as we uh, in South Florida, where uh, Gulfstream Park has has the big day as well. Um, Jackie's Warrior has is ninth in the Derby point standings at the moment. Essential quality with uh, with two getting points may be the only purpose of those two horses uh, racing today. We'll see how that moves forward. We mentioned the pick four the late pick four which starts off with the honey fox um this has a field of nine going to the gate uh jakarta is in this race you got got stormy uh coming into this race uh brandon walsh has zofiel uh in this race uh you know to maybe start there with with the pick four in the honey fox here um pick four of course winner of four consecutive races um you know will we'll give you a big payoff it's basically a four race parlay um you know tell us uh maybe start there with the honey fox what are your thoughts in this mild turf race today well you know i like the grass as kendra kumanush said uh nothing better than some good grass uh to make your spirits uh head towards raquetta in this race, five to one, uh, Javier Castellani and William Mott here, the Virginia Derby legend, William Mott training with a price at five to one on, uh, and, and also using the two, uh, get stormy, uh, the big favorite here. You can't throw them out. Uh, Mr. Case is, uh, worth a case of beer to me this year. He's win- wins and winning everywhere. Uh, uh, Tyler Gaffione up there. So two horses in this one, Nick, to look at two, and then ricotta or ricotta if you like uh, Italian food. Okay, uh, so we got the the beginning part of that's to open the pick four uh, in the following race. The Devona Dale um, Carmouche is on Lady Traveler, who is eight to one in the morning line for trainer Dale Romans. But the big favorite, uh, and this might be a single opportunity with uh, with Nyquist here, former uh, uh, Kentucky Derby winner back in I want to say twenty sixteen uh, with Vequist, who uh, he sires Nyquist, the sire of Vequist here uh, actually a um, you know this is the Philly race uh, for a three-year-old so maybe Kentucky Oaks implications here but a single opportunity with Vequist uh, seven to five in the morning line even though this has a deep field you know give us your thoughts here with the Devona yeah very deep field but uh, not star laden Uh, 12 horses no offense to them any of the Phillies never want to offend the Phillies uh, Lady Traveler was the big scratch here. Sorry, Kendrick Kamarouche can get some rest before the before the Fountain of Youth. He can rest up a little bit more. Uh, they have scratched a Lady Traveler, so it's down to one. Bequist all the way in this race. I'm single him, as you suggested, in the pick four. Save some money. Just Bequist all the way. And then the very one here, the third leg. Uh, your thoughts with the four-year-old uh, three-sixteenth race, a mile and three-sixteenth on the turf? Yeah, that one. This one, I'm going to have to hit the ATM machine or uh, beg, bar, and plead, or find some money in the couch. This one uh, is deep. You have to go real deep here, like Bella Laura, the two, the three, Antoinette, the four, Tunes, the nine, Warlike Goddess. I mean, this one, you're going to have to go four or five deep in a pick four. Uh, the top selection there, I'm going with the Bella Laura. Um, 
uh, five to one. So what's that tell you? Every horse in this race will pay over ten bucks. This is definitely the best betting race of the pick four. Okay, uh, so those are Derby Bill's selections. Uh, he's going to play the pick four today, and of course, uh, in that last leg, he had drained the clock. Um, I'm going to stay with Fire at Will. Derby Bill, good luck today. Thanks for joining us on Off to the Races. want to thank all of our guests, Daryl Wood, Kendrick Carmooch, good luck today uh, in the Fountain of Youth, Alicia Hughes, Frank Vespi, and, of course, Derby Bill. Thank you, James Flowers, for uh, setting us up today on Off to the Races. Did a great job. We look forward to seeing you next week on Off to the Races, post-time, 10 a.m. Your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. W.